The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. I'm going to direct your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Extremely well-known chapter for us all, I'm sure. <clears throat> We're going to start by reading uh, four selections out of this chapter, and we'll go from there. <clears throat> We're going to, the first one is in verse 8. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. <clears throat> Next, chapter, I mean verse 26, excuse me, that same chapter. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Verse 42. <clears throat> Or uh, verse 45, excuse me. So it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And then finally, verse 52, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed. Um, you probably saw a, concur a word that appeared in all of those. Yeah. What is it? Last. Last. So we're going to talk about that, develop each of these. They're not, they don't go together in a 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus uh, is 8. I think I had enough 2's in there. Um, they all kind of stand on their own with a really special lesson. But they all tie back to the glorious theme of this chapter, which is the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection in a very special way. First, we want to talk about the last witness. That's what Paul addresses in that first verse that we read, verse 8. The last witness. We're going to back up and read a few of the verses before that. <clears throat> he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. What's the gospel? Well, he defines it. This is one of the best places in the scriptures right. to the, the, the gospel is defined. The gospel which I also which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which you also are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless uh, you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. That's the gospel. Amen. <clears throat> That Christ came, God manifest in the flesh. That he uh, died and was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And after that it says, uh, he was seen of Cephas. Of course, that's, that's Peter, Cephas, of the twelve. After that he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain under the, under the present, but some are fallen asleep. In other words, they've passed away. After that, he was seen of James and all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Yeah. 
So there are hundreds and hundreds of people right. who saw the resurrected Christ. Uh, I, I don't think it's wrong to call it an absolute historical fact. Amen. The world would disagree with that, of course. But 500 plus yeah. people saw the resurrected Christ. You can send somebody to prison for the rest of their life with one credible witness. Amen. You know what the amazing thing about the scriptures is, though? The Apostle Peter tells us this. That the word of God is more reliable than all this testimony. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's a more sure word of prophecy Amen. than even all these people seeing the resurrected Christ. Let's remember that. But he says that he saw him last. The Apostle Paul. He saw him last. When did he see him? You know, Paul was one who was a hater of Christ, a hater right. of the church. He was on the Damascus Road with letters to bind and imprison more Christians than he already had. When a light shone from heaven that blinded him, and he heard the voice of the Son of God speaking to him, Why persecutest thou me? And he might have saw the Lord there, though it speaks mildly of him hearing his voice. But I think he got a uh, more glorious glimpse of the Savior. Right. He speaks into the Corinthian church, and I think it's 2 Corinthians 12, about an experience he had, whether he didn't know it was in the body or not, whether he was, that he was called up into the third heaven and saw unspeakable things. <clears throat> I think that Paul, in that, he saw the resurrected Christ. He might have saw him on Damascus Road in, a, in that moment, but he saw him there. He saw him on the throne. He saw him with his nail-pierced hands. He saw the Christ. But more importantly, on the Damascus Road, he saw the true Christ. Amen. Not the Christ before that that he, that he understood to be a heretic right. and a blasphemer. Not that Christ, but the true Christ. Amen. He saw him. Regardless of what you believe about any of that other stuff, that's the most important thing. He saw the true Christ. Amen. <clears throat> and he dedicated his entire life. So, I trust that we've all seen the true Christ this morning. I have confidence that we have. Because we're here on a Saturday morning to worship a Lord and Savior. Of our own desire that's caused us to be here. <clears throat> You know, Paul also wrote to the Roman church that the invisible things from the creation world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Right. The difference in somebody who's born of God, those that are dead in sins, is they see Christ with spiritual eyes. Amen. Right. Like Paul saw Christ with spiritual eyes. When the Holy Spirit arrested him and came into his heart on the road to Damascus, changed him, quickened him into life. The world rejects the Lord, not because there's a lack of proof, because the very nature of a creator with authority goes against the nature of man. And I think it's the Apostle Peter 
in describing those that are going to be reserved to the day of judgment. One of those descriptions is that they walk after the flesh, but also they despise government. Right. They despise authority in general, I guess you could say. Amen. That's why they despise Christ. That's why they despise the Lord of heaven. Not because there's a lack of proof. In fact, they could have all the proof of the world. Right. They'd still reject Christ. They'd still reject the God of the Scriptures because it's about the one that claims authority over them. Amen. They're without excuse. They're, they have a knowledge. There's a God and a creator. They reject it because that testifies to the fact somebody has authority over them. Right. And so it doesn't matter how much proof they get. In fact, that's one of the main points we get out of Luke chapter 16. The rich man lifts up his eyes in hell and says... I've got five brothers. <clears throat> you know, Abraham, why don't you send Lazarus to them lest they not end up in this place? He tells them they've got the scriptures. In other words, they've got Moses and the prophets. Let them believe them. Right. Right. Yeah. But he says, no, that if someone came from the dead, that'll get them. They'll, they'll understand then. But he says, they believe not Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe even if one comes from the dead. That's right. That's right. The difference is being born of the Holy Spirit by the power of God. You can see Christ, see the Lord as He is. Amen. You can't see Him like Paul, you can't see Him like Peter, you can't see Him like the rest of these men, but we can see Him by faith. Amen. We can see Him by faith. And I want to see more of Him. Amen. You know, when we read the Scriptures, when we uh, hear the gospel preach. I hope that's what I hope we see him today yeah. in what we hear. More and more. From the scripture, we can see a portrait by the Holy Spirit's blessing of the Lord. You know, probably there's a lot, some people here today that are dealing with almost overwhelming trouble in their life. I can almost guarantee it. You know, how can you say something like that? Well, I've lived enough, talked to enough people to know that that's the case in the gathering of this many people. <clears throat> maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe your faith is shaken. You know, maybe you're even like the hymn writer who said, once I had a glorious view of my redeeming Lord. You know, but of late, the Lord is me forsook. And he's gone, I know not where. Maybe maybe you're there. <clears throat> so I want to encourage us this morning. Uh, whether you're overwhelmed and barely getting by or whether there's just some other trial that we all have that's weighing heavy on you, wherever you're at, <clears throat> to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like we're told in Hebrews chapter 12. That we're to run our race with patience looking unto Jesus. Amen the author and finisher of our faith. Maybe that view is dimmed because the devil's fed you lies. Maybe you're discouraged. Right. You know, the, the devil loves discouragement. Right. It's the most simple tool maybe in his toolbox. Yeah. But if he was selling it, he'd sell it the most expensive because it's most effective. Yeah. He can convince you that you're not worth anything, that there's no hope for you, that there's 
no reason to continue laboring on, then you're just setting duck, if you will, right. for tons of other devices. Yeah. But we want to, rec- if you're there, whatever trial you might be going on, whether you're at the point of being overwhelmed or not, to reclaim a biblical view of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> you know, if your view of Jesus Christ is determined by your circumstances, mm-hmm. ain't gonna, it's, you're not going to get there. That's, right. That's it. That's right. You're going to come to the conclusion, God doesn't love me. That's right. God's forsaken me. When I say we reclaim the view and seeing the biblical Christ, it's a God that's good at all times. A God that's faithful at all times. Right. You know, whether or not things are going to suit you or not. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's hard. It's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. But that's what the scriptures teach. Right. He's good at all times. He's faithful at all times. Mm-hmm. He'll never forsake us. Right. <clears throat> Maybe it's a problem of a besetting sin in your life. Something you're really struggling with. And you've bought into the lie from the devil <laughs> and his minions. Wouldn't y'all agree today we're living in demonically yes. unclean spirit active days? Amen. I mean, I know they're always there, but it seems extreme today. True. You know, and child of God, you're the target. Amen. It ain't the reprobates in this world. It's you. Right. <clears throat> if you bought, if mate, whatever, if this issue is sin. You bought in a lie that the Lord has no use for you. You should just give up. You should not try. I'm here to remind us today the Lord is a Lord of second opportunities. And not just that, but third and fourth and fifth and sixth. Now, he's not long-suffering forever. My point is he's long-suffering. He's merciful. You know, consider Peter. You know, what happened to him? Denying the Lord. Cursing and denying the Lord. You know, and it's not too long after that, though, he's being brought before the council. <laughs> Preaching the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, saying we ought to obey God rather than men. Even after he did all these, after he has lowest point in his life, the message, in fact, the Lord appears to him uh, personally, individually, we learn. Don't have any details about that. But the specific message, he already told him, you know, I prayed for you, your faith fell not. And when y'all are converted... When thou art converted to strengthen the brethren, he yeah. t- the message that he uh, leaves for his disciples is, you go tell them and Peter I'll meet them. Yeah. <laughs> How encouraging must that have been? Must, must that have been for Peter? <clears throat> My point is, don't buy into the lie. Right. <laughs> Think of Peter. Tell them and tell Peter <laughs> I'll meet them. Um, you know, Consider this also. You know, we like some of the whipping boys that we like to get into in the scriptures, the generation of the Exodus, right? Because they were unfaith, so unfaithful. And they were extremely unfaithful. Um, they saw some of the most amazing things, yet had the, the most, you know, despicable responses to it sometimes. Right. Um, and even after the Lord. Sends the plagues into Egypt, and he parts the Red Sea, and <clears throat> there's water 
uh, it comes out of a rock and they're fed from on high. And having had all that take place, they build an idol, say, this is God that brought us out of Egypt. Um, they say, well, we're better off in slavery. At least we had onions. At least we had you know, luxuries there. Uh, let's get a new leader. Let's go back to Egypt. Even after all these things, the Lord was still going to send those people into Canaan to conquer. And there came a point where he said, enough. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> enough. I've had enough. The whole generation is going to be judged. <clears throat> but up to that point, though, right? <laughs> as unfaithful as they were, what was going to happen? They were still going to enter into the promised land. The Lord is merciful. Yeah. The Lord's unmerciful. But he's not long suffering forever. <laughs> and if you continue to rebel against him, there can be very severe judgments like Amen. happened with that generation. Right. He right. said, there, he said, this is the line. <laughs> but consider the other part of that. <laughs> the Lord is merciful. Yeah. Yes, the Lord rewards our obedience with blessings, but many times he still gives us far more than we deserve even when we fail him terribly. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. No doubt that's true with me in my life. More than I would like to admit. <clears throat> so, Jesus, the merciful high priest, the one who is the elder brother. We need to move on. But, Be encouraged. You know, David encouraged himself in the Lord when he was facing a very dark time in his life. Remind yourself of the viewing, the view of the biblical Jesus Christ and encourage yourself. Now we're moving on. 26 verse. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. <clears throat> the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The world <clears throat> used death as a mechanism by which it, <laughs> the natural world perfects itself. Yeah. Right. But we know what death really is. It came in the world because of sin. Amen. Because of Adam's transgression. All death in this world, all death in God's creation happens because of sin. <clears throat> the Godhead entered into a covenant to save the elect family of God to deal with a problem of sin and thus death. Every time anything dies, not just humans, <laughs> all death in the world is because of sin. That's right. Lord Jesus Christ came to conquer death. Right. And he won the victory over death. Right. He won the victory over death. But we as people in this world still live with death. <clears throat> The culmination of that victory is what Paul's writing about here. <clears throat> Until this last day, we still have to live with death. Yeah. We shouldn't fear death. No. Right. Because <clears throat> we should have a hope in the resurrection. Amen. We haven't seen him, but we have, again, we see him by faith. Peter also said, hey, having not seen ye love, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The end of that joy is what? The second coming and the resurrection. Yeah. <clears throat> so, this last enemy that will be destroyed is death. We shouldn't fear death, but 
death is very destructive. It'll rob you of loved ones, potential memories and things of that nature. It'll rob you of grandparents, spouses, parents, children even. It robs us of something very important in this life. But one day, death will be destroyed. Amen. It'll be destroyed. <clears throat> when the Lord comes back, and when he burns up the present heavens, be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. Well, there is no more death Amen. for the children of God. <clears throat> There's no more death. It's going to be destroyed. The last enemy. Now we're free from the bondage of sin that leads to death. We're born of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. We're free of bondage. We're no longer enslaved to that. But death will be destroyed at his second coming. Now moving on again. Verse 45 and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, but the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is the last Adam. And he's not just the last Adam because he was a man, though he was fully man except for sin. <clears throat> His position as a federal head, if you will, is the same as Adam was. Correct. And that's the point that a lot of people don't understand right. about this lesson here. And it, it appears other places like Romans chapter 5 as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is that Adam represented all mankind and when he sinned, we all fell in him. Christ, as mediator of the new covenant, came and all he represented, all he died for, are going to receive the gift of eternal life. Amen. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> the last Adam. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Yeah. God, Jesus Christ, is the life giver. What quickening means, to give life. He's the life giver. He came that we might have life. He purchased eternal life. And he applies eternal life when he quickens, when he gives life to the soul. Yeah. <clears throat> He's a quickening spirit. You know, the work of regeneration, I can go tell you in scriptures, I'll show you scriptures, where it's attributed to all three persons in the Godhead. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the mystery of the Trinity. <laughs> right. God is three, yet one God. Right. So not only Jesus Christ, the life giver, the three and one God is the life. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. He quickens us from death and sin to life in Christ when we're born again, when he applies the redemption purchased on the cross to the soul. <clears throat> and he's going to quicken our mortal bodies. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He's going to quicken these mortal bodies. Amen. Yeah. One day, the second coming and the resurrection. Oh, <clears throat> if, we're, if you're in the grave, that's going to be brought forth to a glorified body. And if you're alive... You're still going to be changed. That's what yeah, the, the next right. verse says. Yeah. We'll all be changed. We're not all asleep, but we'll all be changed. Yeah. He's a quickening spirit. A three-in-one God quickens us 
within. He's going to quicken these bodies. Now, finally, verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall all be changed. And the last, last tier is the last trump. And this just says any trumpet. Amen. And this is a trumpet the whole world's going to hear. Amen. You know, from Antarctica to Nome, Alaska, and east, west, wherever point you want to say. This is a trumpet everybody's going to hear. You know, and it's referred to many times throughout the scripture. It's one of the main uh, picture lessons that we have in prophecy about the second coming. Um, it's prophesied there in the book of Joshua when they gave a shout and blew the long trump around Jericho. It's um, it's um, pictured for us in Revelation. There's the last trumpet. It's declared that time will be no more. It's talked about uh, when Paul writes to the Thessalonian church that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and what? The trump of God. Right. The last trump. <clears throat> so there's going to be a last trump. It's going to be a last trump. When that trump sounds... The Lord Himself is coming back. Amen. And as He talks about over and over in such detail throughout this lengthy chapter here, the dead in Christ are going to be quickened and come first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught together with them. That, the last trump. You know, at the last trump, to tie in all these other things, <clears throat> these bodies are going to be quickened. <clears throat> the last enemy will be destroyed. Because yeah. the next stop, heaven's existed, you know, for long, for eternity past. People, man dwelling it for thousands of years past. <laughs> but there's going to be no concurrent earth for their sin and death and suffering. Right. Death is the final last enemy. And it will be destroyed. Amen. There'll be no more death right. for the children of God. <clears throat> It'll be destroyed. I love that description there. Uh, <clears throat> when the voice cries out, now the tabernacle of God is with men. There's going to be no more death. Amen. And when we and that takes place, Paul saw him. You know, Paul got to see things. <laughs> Not many, now hardly almost any human being has gotten to see. We're going there too. Amen. <laughs> and we're going to see him as he is. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.